Welcome to Winning with the Burns, a podcast for highly ambitious people who have a burning desire to learn what it takes to win at a high level. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again today. You know, I'm excited for you guys to listen to a great friend that I grew up with, went to high school with, uh, used to run the streets with, and I want you to get to know him uh, because he's got a lot of knowledge, not only in business, but really in life as well. So Matt, thanks for joining. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. So Matt Mallory, owner, president, CEO of Mallory Agency here in LaGrange, based out of LaGrange. Um, give a little people background because I have a lot of people that are not from LaGrange. Kind of tell your story about, you know, mm-hmm. how you become president and CEO of Mallory Agency. Mallory Agency started in 1907. Privately held independent property and casualty insurance broker. Um, I'm fourth generation and the last of the Mallory men so far, unless my son comes into it, into the business. Um, I've been doing this almost 15 years and took over uh, in 2018 after my dad, Rick, died unexpected of a heart attack. Very much underwater feeling. Thought before that that I could do everything bigger and better than him. And I learned pretty quick that my ego was (laughs) oh so present. And um, had a great team, man of faith. Those two things really got me through. Uh, some difficult periods. And so that was this August, my gosh, will be five years. And um, we service clients coast to coast. We've got clients across the U.S. um, in London and the USVIs. Um, We have two sides of our house. You and I were talking about this before we started rolling. Um, Commercial lines, which as you would expect is business insurance. We work in a few different categories. The startup, the entrepreneur, some, some may call it the small business guy. Uh, a little bit more middle market is the next bu- bucket, um, and then larger national, international type risk. And then on the other side of our house is our personal insurance department. Um, as you would probably imagine, that your your home and auto that everyone has to have. And we also have the fun of getting to work with a few um, high net worth families that just are incredibly affluent, and we get to advise them on their risk, um, everything that's fun and traditional, like your home and your car, but also really fun wine collections, art galleries, collectibles, things that, you know, just um, people kind of ooh and awe about, and it's fun to insure it. Yeah, so very unique niche market in that yeah. space. So um, let's talk about, you said you've been doing it 15 years, and mm-hmm. then just recently, you know, your father passes away in 18. Like, you you assumed that one day you would take on the reins, right? Correct. But you didn't know it was going to happen then. No. So <laughs> what was that kind of initial shock for you, like coming into where now it was, you know, I'm one of the peers to where now I'm, I've got to call the shots. Mm. You know, I, I coach baseball and, you know, my mentor always used to say, everybody's got good ideas until you give them the pen to make the lineup out. And I'm sure as when you worked for your father, you had a lot of great ideas. But then when you were the one having to make decisions, it's like, man, I've got to be on my P's and Q's now. Changed everything. I always had expensive ideas. (laughs) And uh, when you go from not having to pay for the expensive idea to having to pay for the expensive idea, you tend to reevaluate the idea. Um, I came in, I really can't emphasize it enough. I, um, it's probably a little traditional, you know, you, you, you have an old school mentality and behavior trying to mentor and groom a younger 
thinker. And I don't know if my younger thinking was, you know, the ambition that I had then, I still have now, was probably just as much of a, of a vice as it was a virtue. I'd always want to come to him and talk about doing things a little bit different. If he disagreed with me, it caused frustration. Um, so there was a lot of arrogance in I would submit to his authority and I would, of course, comply with what he wanted to do. But in the back of my head, I would think, well, when I'm in charge, I'm going to do things this way, or I'm going to do things completely different than how he just did it. Arrogance, right? Um, so when that happened, of course, it was traumatic and there was a mourning period, but there's also a moment of, uh, it's almost an immediate recognition of lack of depth, where you're having to think more holistically, you're having to think more comprehensively, not just on what you were doing day to day, and the income you may be making, but you're also looking at a company and you're looking at team members and you're looking at this thing's bigger than me. This is not the Matt Mallory show. And when you take on that kind of perspective, it really changes your mentality, how you approach your day, how you analyze, how you make decisions, um, changes everything. Well, you mentioned that, um, you know, your ego got in the way because then it was like, not only am I having to take care of this, yeah. you know, business right. since 1907. Like right. I got to keep it thriving, but also got to take care of the family. I got to take care of mama. Correct. I got to make sure I make her proud. That's right. I got to make sure that I take care of my family at home as well. Yeah. So that was a pressure is a privilege, right? I love the expression. I subscribe to that. I believe in that. Um, the pressure is real. I think the pressure, if you're smart, should create humility and you got to lean into that. And, you know, you, you, you've got to be strong enough. I almost said man enough, but that's not fair because there's plenty of amazing female leaders. So it's not fair to say man enough and it's, it's not appropriate. You've got to be strong enough to embrace humility and lean into people who are amazing at what they do. Um, and that's why I was, that's what I got to do. I'm not, I almost said force, but that's why I got to do. And it was one of the most, one of the best things ever. Now, when you say you needed to be strong to be able to embrace that, you know, what did it look like for you going through that? Like, did you work on yourself? Did you, mm -hmm. were you reading? Were mm. you, did you have mentors and people in your life that kind of help guide you through that? Yes to all the above. I, I love to read and study. I didn't growing up. I do now. I'm a big believer that readers are leaders. I'm a big believer to read on things. We, we focus on three categories within our team, mind, body, and spirit. I'm a big believer in reading things that will fulfill and satisfy and challenge you or inspire you, not satisfy you, inspire you in those three different areas. Because all three, if you, have, if you have balance in mind, body, and spirit, you're going to be a better performer. And I would even argue you could even become an elite performer if you can balance those three. Um, yes, leaned into mentors. I have the good fortune of having several that are older and wildly more successful than me. Um, some are incredibly affluent. You never know it. Very unassuming, which I love. Um, they were there with me shoulder to shoulder. Um, they were there crying with me, yelling with me, listening to me, um, giving me a swift kick in the pants. And also, you know, sometimes being my voice of affirmation of, yes, you can, when I was really in doubt. 
So you have to have all of that. Um, you have to have a circle around you. Otherwise, um, it can be even harder than hard already is. It's so true. The power of association. Yes. You know, nothing great's ever been accomplished by just one no. person. No. Uh, you know, just a single individual. But having that association, but somebody had to give you that awareness of, Matt, when you don't know what to do, work mm -hmm. on yourself. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to say, Matt, here's a book you need mm -hmm. to read. You need to develop yourself because, you know, you have to be able to lead this group of people. Right. And I think as you self-develop, you become a, you know, a better brother, right. a better father, a better husband, because, you know, in your personal life, you work on yourself, everything around you just happens to get better. Agreed. Um, there was a lot of self-awareness. There was a lot of immediate, I need to grow up. Maybe a little bit of, I need to finally become a man. Maybe a little bit of, um, I need to, you know, take this real serious or some real bad things could happen. Maybe a combination of all of that. Um, the story is not unique in the sense of a traumatic death. The story is a little bit unique with the speed of how, how everything took place. Because it wasn't, you can't pause life. Yeah. And say, let me kind of collect myself, get myself together, and then I'll re-engage. It was very much, uh, it happened on a Saturday. Someone had to be there to lead everything on Monday. And it was a moment of, okay, this is real. This is happening. It's time to um, get it done and execute. And had great people in front of me, great people all around me. And I'll, I tell my team this all the time. My skill set is, is narrow. I, I don't, I'm not good at everything. And I don't need to pretend that way. I've got a narrow skill set, so I need to have amazing leaders and experts around me, both within our firm but also on the exterior that I can lean into. I can trust. I can their discernment, their guidance, their wisdom, all the above. But you know, you and I have had this conversation prior to you inviting me on this show of you want people in your life that are better than you, yeah, smarter, more successful. And if you've got those people and you lean into them, it's only going to make your life better. What I've always been told is, you know, the people that you hang out with, if you're the most successful person in that group, you, There's need, a problem. A, you, you need a new friend group. That's right. Because they're not going to push you to strive for, for more. Well, what's that? Um, I mean, it's silly, but it's relevant to our discussion. I, I saw this video clip. It was probably on some social media reel, right, um, where it said, who's, who's the... The, the, the famous football player for the Ravens. Um, Ray he, Lewis. He said that something to the effect of, you know, eagles fly at a high altitude. That's right. You never see pigeons fly with eagles, right? The only, only people, only animals that will fly at that altitude are their peers. Yeah. Right? So if you're around, basically, you show me your friends, you show me your network, I'm going to show you your future. That's right. And when you think about that, it may be kind of a high testosterone type video, but when you think about that, so true. Yeah. Well, you know, this morning I was doing a call and we were talking about that, you know, about the power of association. Right. And, you know, it's not that, you know, you're better than somebody, but when you're around and you're the most successful person in your group, what happens is those conversations tend to be talking about, um, events. They tend to be talking about people. 
They don't talk about ideas. So the the successful people, quote unquote success, and it's a relative term. It's not a right, monetary yes, thing, right? Yes. But the su- people that are successful really that have significance. See, you're successful if you have significance. But the people that have significance, they're talking about ideas. How can I get better? How can I improve something? Right. They're always thinking about ways to improve things. And I appreciate the point of clarity because I don't think there is a me being better than someone else at all. I don't believe that. I look at it as what you are wanting in life. Yes. Whether that's a calling, you can call it a calling, you can call it your path, you can call it what you were meant to be, whatever it may be, but your your, your crowd determines that a lot. And people may roll their eyes at that and they may want to, you know, debate that, and that's okay. But I look at it of either if 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 you don't want in life if you have no ambition, if you have no drive, that's okay. Okay. But, but also if you do have the ambition, if you do have the drive, if you do want more, you have to be very careful who you associate with. So true. Because if you don't pick the right crowd and I have made plenty of mistakes in picking who I'm surround myself with, you're not pushed and sharpened and challenged. And I think it's like one of my, One of my best mentors told me during the pandemic, actually just before the pandemic, he said, my job is to make you as uncomfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. Because when you're absolutely as uncomfortable as possible, you start to grow and you start to see things come out of yourself that you didn't even think were imaginable. And I roll my eyes a little bit like, okay, whatever, you know. But then when it happened and it really changed how I think and how some of my habits and behaviors, I thought, oh, wow, I can't even imagine going back. Yeah. This new version, whatever it is, this being developed, where did this guy come from? Yeah. Well, it's because you're getting different results. Sure. And those results are a product of your actions, and those actions are a product of your thoughts. Sure. And so, but I want to go back to it because you said happened on Saturday. I had to go in on Monday. Mm-hmm. See, Mark Cuban, I think, I think it was him, he used to talk about how athletes mm-hmm. haven't made. You know, they get off a season, you know, like uh, let's work on right. get ready for the season. Right. In business, as you know, like doesn't happen. Th- you don't get an off season. No. Like you don't get an off day. No. And so I've always been told, too, that low achievers had bad days that turn into bad weeks that turn right. into bad months. But like high achievers, they have a bad 15 minutes. They flush it. They move on and they learn to deal with it. Yeah. It's like what uh, a Ted Lasso quote. I love that show. Have the memory of a goldfish. I've never seen that, by the way. People have encouraged me yeah. to watch it. It says it's a great show, but I haven't watched it. Oh, it's fantastic. Clean, great. Just, you know, I relate to it because it's completely just, you know, hyper-optimistic, dorky humor, which is probably just, you know, me completely. Um, but I love it. But you're absolutely right. It is It is being able to move forward quickly, even though painfully and just maybe even with clouded vision, but you still have to move forward and and figure out the best way to do that with the best people. Can't pause anything. Um, but look, you know, I, I didn't build anything. I'm just trying to build upon something. I mean, you know, you and your brother built a company. I didn't build anything, Jonathan. I mean, I, I'm just trying to build upon something that was created. And I have a deep entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I have deep grit and I believe in hustle. And I don't think I recognized that until a few years back because you kind of have to have some self-reflection of what, what is driving you. Yeah. What, what, what is, what's keeping the motor running, right? And I had to kind of recognize that, okay, it's there. 
So now that I've recognized that it's there, I want to finesse it. I want to sharpen it. And I want to do it hopefully the best way possible without arrogance. I think anytime in business, anytime you're leading something, there's going to be a little bit of ego in you, right? Because you want to be the best at your craft. Yeah. You want to be the best of the best at what you do. So there's a little bit of, of ego in me for sure, but I got to be able to manage it and have people around me I can trust and say, listen, when you see me acting not how I need to act, behaving not how I need to act, you need to come to me and call me out. Yeah. I need to get course corrected here because I don't want to be any other version but this. I mean, I mean, I've got people I trust in my life that'll do that. Well, you got people that hold you accountable. Sure. Hold you accountable to your standard. That's right. And the standard that you want to set for, you know, your life. You know, you talk about having that why. You know, I've seen over the years, and, you know, we've seen it to where people walk into a business that their father, grandfather, whoever started something, and it's like, you know, they try not to screw it up. Sure. But what happens is they never have that ambition to actually take the reins, and they they go off and do other things, but your why changed in 2018. You know, you had a why, like you had your family, your kids, sure. but now all of a sudden it's like the weight is on you. And I think that, you know, your why evolves. Sure. Uh, once you start something as an entrepreneur, like your why always evolves, mm -hmm. but you always have to strive and grow. You know, growth mm -hmm. is not an option in business. Like it's a must, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and you've been able to do that since 2018. Like mm -hmm. you've expanded and mm -hmm. you've built upon that. You haven't just maintained, like you've done very well in growing the business. I appreciate the the kind words on that. Um, I probably operate with a little bit of emotion, a little bit of sentiment and there's a legacy. That's right. Okay. I get called on to sell our firm all the time. Uh, the the M and A space in property and casualty insurance is just out of control. I mean, people are buying and selling like crazy, right? So the question is, why would I not? I'm giving this answer to compliment a comment you said just a minute ago because there's alignment there. There's a legacy. You're talking about four generations. You're talking about a business that was started when there were dirt roads in Troop County, Georgia. Okay. That's meaningful to me. Um, a name is meaningful to me. Maybe that's a little bit of a silly old school kind of thought, but I think there's a power in a name. There's meaning in the legacy. And when this took place, and even now, the whole, one of the one of the 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 whys or the driving forces is I want to honor the past and I want to drive really hard into the future. And I want to make sure that the name is, is lifted. It's known not from arrogance, but I want to be able to, to honor it and celebrate, you know, and if my kids want it one day, that's, that's, that's great. Right. That'd be wonderful. Um, but to a previous comment you made about the whole entrepreneurial thing, it is incredibly hard and lonely. So you, you go from, and anyone that's in business that has a partner, whether it's family or not family, that's a beautiful thing to have someone that you do business with. You can have people you do life with, but when you have someone you can do business with, that's incredible, okay? I've got great people on my team, don't misunderstand, but you go through this phase of you have someone you can lean on for everything, right? I had someone that was almost 40 years my senior 
at my beck and call. Mm -hmm. And that was taken. So then I had to find these mentors because it can be very, very lonely at the top because you simultaneously are driven and you doubt. Yep. So true. Every day when you're waking up, you know that you can, you're, you're wanting to conquer the world. And at the same time, you're also doubting like, oh shoot, what if it doesn't work out? Yeah. Right? And it's like the battle. And so it can be very, very lonely. This week, last week, traveling, this week, traveling by myself. And you have to constantly just say, you know, it's go time. It's time to execute because this is bigger than me. It's more meaningful than just me. And I have to make sure that my actions, my decisions support the people that are supporting me. Well, you talk about the, um, you know, you start doubting yourself. You start, you know, listening to the noise. Sure. But the way you overcome it and the way I've always heard is you start talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I talk to myself, yeah. I can talk myself out of the doubt. Sure. As But if I listen to myself, I'm like, oh, crap, they're, they're right what they're saying. I'm going to screw this We're up. We're the biggest litigators and salespeople against ourselves. I mean, it's like when the alarm clock goes off. Do you listen to your body or do you have the discipline to get up? So we litigate with ourselves. Anyone that says, well, I couldn't be in sales. How many times did you hit snooze this morning? Right. You, you, you sold yourself that rest was more important than being disciplined and getting up and getting ready for the day. So that, that tells me that you are a salesman. Now, you may not want to make a cold call on a phone. I get that. It's nerve wracking. But don't tell me that you're not in sales or that you don't, you don't, you don't you know, negotiate, litigate with yourself. Um, but you have to have that kind of discipline when you're in an entrepreneurial seat, a leadership seat. I really don't care about the fancy titles the CEO, the owner, the the president, whatever that is, my job, my responsibility, now my calling is to lead people, to serve clients with excellence, joyfully, to lead people to where they can be empowered, advance their career, which means in rank and in pay. And if I can do that, then we're successful. Okay. But I mean, people want to say, well, you know, talk about leadership. If you're not being followed, you're not a leader. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Well, you know, like, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm not a leader. I'm right. not a leader. Well, like I have my seven-year-old son that goes out there and he, he watches the high school baseball players play. Like to him, they're the Atlanta Braves. Like right. they're, you know, they, they walk on water. So even though they might not think they're a leader, that freshman that's on the team or, you know, that 10th grader, there's kids on the other side of the fence watching them. Absolutely. People are watching you, you know, it, but it's all about, being a leader is about inspiring people to be better than themselves. 100%. Seeing what, seeing what they don't see in themselves. And I recognize that pretty hard um, or rather pretty quickly. And I still recognize it. You know, you, you see in others, you have to pull it out. And, you know, people may see certain things in me that I don't see in myself, and that's fine. Um, but this entire experience was, um, you know, what, what, a, what a, uh, a painful but necessary molding and grooming of of just hopefully where I'm the path I'm on right um cuz I'm certainly not there yet you know I mean and um we had a team meeting earlier this week or I guess it was yeah earlier this week um and we were talking about when something great happens should you celebrate it well yeah you can celebrate it but define celebration because the job's not done right right so the minute I start thinking I'm a rock star or I'm the best of the best at anything I'm doing, 
I need to be real careful when I look over my shoulder because someone's going to be right there waiting on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the humility piece. That's the self-aware and recognition of I'm a fierce competitor. I love to win. I want to lead people. I want to build something special in this company with amazing people. So I never want to get to a point where I think, oh, my gosh, JB, I mean, I, I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you not know that? Do you not know who I am? I'm, I'm a superstar because the minute that starts to happen, you're going downhill quick. Well, that's exactly right because then you're not striving to get better. No. You know, you're coasting. And the only way you can coast is if you're going downhill. That's you right. You can't coast uphill. No. You're coasting downhill. You know, and you talked about, you know, where you were going. And see, obviously, as an entrepreneur, you're probably not where you want to be. Like, no. you're probably the most frustrated person in your company, even though you're probably beating last quarter, right? And But so many people get caught up in the speed. It's right. the path that's important. Path. It's not the speed at which you go. It's the path and the destination that you're going towards. Yeah. I mean, you, um, well said. I, if some of our senior team leaders were here, they would probably laugh and at me and poke at me a little bit. I am never satisfied, but that doesn't mean I'm not happy and thankful. Man, my cup runneth over. I'm joyful for what I have. What has been gifted, the stewardship, this, this, that comes with that calling is is high, right? I am thankful for that. I am content with a lot of things in my life, but I'm not complacent. Those right. are two different things. The happiness is the emotion. The joy, is, the the joy is the decision, right? Happy about a lot of things. I'm joyful with what we have, but the job is not done. And I'd never want our team to think, okay, we're good. Had a good year, week, quarter, however you measure. We can just relax now. No, the job is not done. I think Kobe Bryant said that once when I was watching an interview with him. I think he was in a post-game press conference once, and there was a reporter asking him why he had this stoic look on his face. Yeah. And he just looked annoyed to even be in the press conference, right? And he said, without missing a beat, is the job finished? The job's not done. And in the book that um, his his trainer wrote, Relentless. It's a great book, by the way. Incredible book. I listened to it multiple times. I thought, it's so true. You got to balance it because you can have unhealthy ambition. You can have unhealthy drive that can become toxic and it can just leak out to people around you. So those relationships have to be, those relationships are sacred. They have to be protected too. But the minute you start thinking, oh, yeah, I'm awesome, you you better be careful. Well, it goes back to your circle of people that you trust and you run with is you have to be careful who you share your vision with. Yes, yes. You know, you have to be careful who you share your goals with. It's sacred. Yes, because not everybody, number one, will appreciate it, and not everybody's going to clap for you. No, absolutely not. And not everyone's meant to hear it. Because it so may not true. be developed yet. The vision is for you. And I've read that. I've studied that. I'm a man of faith. I, I'm a big believer in starting and ending my day with, with prayer and scripture study and meditation with that. And I look at it of if there are things as a Christian, if there are things in my prayer life that I am either manifesting, praying, meditating over, that I feel like I'm getting a peek into, and although we're friends, I come run over to you and say, JB, listen to this. And I start just going off on it. 
you may not get it at all. You may encourage me. You may say, Matt, that sounds good, but you may not get it at all. And then that may put doubt in my mind that it's not real and it's not going to happen because you weren't meant to hear it. It wasn't meant to be spoken out loud yet. So I think there's a lot of discipline. And that's one thing that I guess I learned and maybe had to develop was a skill of these habits and behaviors of studying, writing things down, thinking, manifesting about the future, but keeping it close. And then when the time is right, hopefully it comes to pass. That reminds me of that movie, Field of Dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when um, he's trying to get Ray to sell the farm. I think yeah. his name is Ray, Kevin Costner anyways. And he's like, you got to sell this farm. You got to sell it. And all of a sudden he sees it finally. That's right. You're not selling this farm. Right. You're not selling this farm. But it, it goes back to, to your point. You know, some things are meant to be sacred. They're not for the world just yet. Because no. You're still working on you. But in the world we live in, that goes so against everything because yes. we live in a world of, you know, I need to post everything that I do and I need to really make sure that I keep my social feed filled and I need to make sure that I, you know, the comparison trap, I got to make sure I got to one up somebody. I got to make sure that if they post something, I've got to post something better or bigger. And we get into, you know, it's like, we, we, we try and win with tapping our thumbs and, and, and posting certain things. And I think that is just not the way to do it. There are certain things that the world just does not need to know yet. That doesn't mean it's a secret forever. It just needs to be developed. That's right. And if we get carried away and we just want to throw things out there all the time, almost in like a virtual chess beating match, I mean, what are you solving? What are you, what are you really doing? Yeah. Well, I always, I know we sound like two old men in a rocking chair talking about, you know, <laughs> people posting, you know, their whole life. And it's like, you only see the good. Right. They don't, they don't post the bad. Right. You know, because business can be ugly. Very. You know, I mean, it's fierce. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ugly. You, you mentioned Mark Cuban before. He said the, the, the biggest and the best sport in the world is business. If you think business is not a game and a sport, then wake up, it is. And you've got to be well-trained every single day, you get kicked in the teeth, you get told no, you get your disappointments all the time, all the time. But it's that grit where you look at the bigger picture and you know where you're going. But, and I think we addressed this earlier, we brought it up at least, there's a piece where you have to be so convicted, so bought in more than anybody. Passion's all well and good. But you've got to have this conviction, this belief that is unfaltering that nobody ever can tell you it won't happen. Because the minute they do and you believe that, you're going to be skewed and you're going to be kind of zigzagging around. But if you can maintain a conviction, ignore all naysayers, no matter what they say, no matter if it's your mom, no matter who it is in your life, and telling telling you, Something won't work. It can't happen. You know, you're dreaming too big. Um, you're trying to go too hard and fast. You know, um, small town, oh, yeah. whatever. You don't have the education. I mean, gosh, we can make lists all day long. If you start to buy into that and believe that toxicity of, no, you can't, you're not enough, I mean, that's a tough life. 80% in is 100% out. Because if you're only 80% in, the moment someone plants a seed of doubt in you, 
it, that doubt will just take over your vision. Oh my gosh. Y- yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the, it's the mentality, right? And that's what really, I'm a big believer in mentality. Thankfully, thankfully I was raised by two very strong parents, mentally tough parents. So because they helped make me, I'm assuming that's in my DNA, right? Of just mentally tough because the world and business can break you. Yes. There's emotions to it. You can get upset. All of that's real, but the world and business can utterly break you if you're not strong enough to withstand. And there's a, there's a wonderful book by one of my favorite authors. Ryan Holiday is the author. Um, the obstacle is the way is the book. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's all about charging the storm. And the storm is obviously a metaphor. It can mean different things, right? But it is of you've got to have the mental toughness in the biggest storms ever to push through because on the other side is where you're meant to be. Well, we talked about that, about the storm before we started filming. And, you know, I believe that people are in three different phases of life. They're either getting ready to go through a storm. Right. They're in the middle of that storm or they just come off of a storm. And how you handle those three phases is that mental toughness. Is how how do you handle adversity? It's not what happens to you because I'm a firm believer that you know you bring your faith into play. Is I'm a big believer that things happen for you, not to you. It's because this obstacle has happened for me. This Tony obstacle, Robbins. this obstacle is an opportunity. You know, it's not it's not life is happening to me. I still create my life. It's just how do I respond to this adversity? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, shake off the pity party. They're fun, right? I mean, yeah. I'll give myself one every now and again. The result is I'm not any better off, right? If I just have a woe is me thing, it is the act of re- realizing, okay, there's a challenge. This too shall pass. Let's figure out a way to get through this, to see us through this, maybe to fight through this to do it with maintaining all morals and ethics. On the other side, we know that something good is going to be the result. I don't need to know what the good thing is. I know it's there. That's right. Because on the other side of adversity is something good. 100%. I mean, you know, we, you know, in James, right, consider it all pure joy when you go through any kind of challenge or adversity. I believe that. It's like the mentor that I referenced earlier, being uncomfortable. What can come out of that? We tell our team a lot, and with my own practice, I'll tell um, my client team a lot, it is easy to beat up failure. So easy. You don't win a client, something happens, it's easy to point to it and highlight and say, that's the reason why. We don't beat up success enough. If you're successful with something, with anything, scrutinizing it and beating it up, how did you win? How are you successful with this? And then whatever that was, finesse it. Finesse it again and again. Well, Matt, I know I'm good. Great. Get better at it. Go deeper with it. Right? I mean, over and over and over. And it can sound like a total chore. It can sound like a total job. But the best of the best do that. The most elite do that. Um, So why shouldn't we? Don't be satisfied with winning if you're not improving. No. You know, you got to improve. Like, yeah, you're getting some success, but what else could you really be doing? That's right. So let me ask you this. So when you're hiring people, you know, to join your team, you know, what are some 
attributes that you look for? You know, obviously someone who's got good morals and ethics, but, you know, what are some other, you know, untangible things that you kind of look for when you're interviewing somebody to join your team? I mean, you said it's the intangibles, you know, I mean, we can teach insurance. Obviously, if people bring a great technical depth on insurance, that's, that's great. We want that. We want that because they will be wonderful advisors to our clients. However, we want people who are driven, who have ambition, who are loyal, who understand what it means to work hard. People always say, well, how do you become successful in life or how did you get through a certain thing? Folks, it's hard work. They're the end. It's hard work. It's total conviction and belief in what you're doing, and it's working hard. And that can mean whatever it can mean. It can mean maybe it means a 10-hour day. Maybe it means sacrifices, whatever it means. But it means hard work. But people who understand that want to buy in. We tell our team all the time, we are going to invest in you in pay and in compensation packages and whatever it may be, in belief. We want you to invest back in us. Well, what does that mean? We want you to bring your best. Well, that sounds like a you know an inspiration poster, doesn't it? We right. want you to bring your best. Um, what it means is we want you to come in every day knowing that we're going to joyfully serve clients at the highest possible level and with all excellence. We want you to come in and be an incredible coworker, leader, even if you're not in a leadership position yet. We want you to act like who you want to become. If you can demonstrate that kind of value, you're going to create value. If you create value, you're going to be rewarded. Otherwise, we've had people come in and not demonstrate those kinds of behaviors and disciplines. And they wonder why they're not successful or they're not being recognized. I mean, I'm giving you the answers to the test. All I want you to do is take it each day. That's it. It's not complicated. Yeah, people fall into that entitlement trap. So I'm here. I, I, I deserve this because I showed up. Well, no, just because you show up don't mean you're going to win. I mean, like... Pretty soon, uh, you know, we're in the playoffs. And, um, you know, just because we show up at Granger Park to play baseball don't mean we're going to win. Well, we showed up. Like, no, you still got to go put runs on the scoreboard because the scoreboard matters. That's right. Scoreboard in life matters. You can show up and be the first one in, last one out. And if you don't do anything during the day, I'm not impressed. (laughs) But if you create value, if you you are intentional with the way that you – work with your teams, if you can express kindness and optimism and you can be convicted in what you're doing and you deliver amazing results to clients, you do it joyfully, knowing that you are serving them, making them better, that's a great day. So in other words, you want someone to take ownership of their life. 100%. Someone that can care. You know, our our mentor always tells us that I can't measure your heart. I can help you develop a skill set, but I can't measure your heart. We, we talk about owner mentality. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It is, even if you may not have equity, that doesn't mean you can't act like your owner-minded, understanding what it means for the firm, the greater good to be successful. You know, we talk a lot about, we want people that have business acumen. They have great financial literacy. They understand the ebb and flow of business. They understand economics. They understand what our clients deal with. It doesn't matter if you're talking to a client that just we only insure their their home and vehicles or you're talking to a client that's running a $100 million company. There are equal risks. They may not be the same, but there are equal conversation points where you can create value. 
that is a good day for us when we are bringing that kind of value to the client compared to just, I come in, I sell insurance, I go home. It's not inspiring. No one cares. That's right. It doesn't get anyone's attention. We work in a very heavily commoditized world. Very. Insurance does not inspire anybody. Okay. Insurance is not sexy. If I was single living in this town and I told some girl that I was selling insurance, would you please go out with me? Doubtful she's going to be excited and say yes. Okay. That's not what inspires people. The product doesn't inspire people. It's what we get to do with the product. Yeah. It's the people that we get to work with. It's the mentality. It's the behavior. Um, And I know that. I mean, look, I know how dull and boring insurance can be. Okay. But I also know what I get, how I get to help a client and make their business better, make their lifestyle better. That's the win. I'm not in this thing so that Matt Mallory can get filthy rich and, and everyone can go ooh and ah him. No, don't care about that. What I care about is can we build a company that is super special with amazing people so that when we get closer to whatever destination we're chasing, we can look back and say, oh my gosh, look what we built together. Not... Do you see what Matt Mallory is driving? Holy cow. He must be just rich. I mean, I don't want that ever being talked about with me, you know? I mean, I like my Jeep. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I think that's a testament to your father of course. and the Mallory's that were before him because they wanted to bring a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. And, and you know, I always say success without significance will lead to emptiness. Always. And so you're probably one of the only person or people that I know that uh, grew up wanting to be an insurance man. Like I didn't. Oh. I never wanted to be in it. <laughs> I want to make sure this thing is on and people can hear that. I never wanted to be in it. No, I came in kicking and screaming. I came in unemployed. I never wanted to be in this business at all. See, that goes back to my point. Nobody that I can think of ever grew up saying, I want to be an insurance man when they're little kids. No, not at all. I wanted to do all this other stuff. I wanted to... No, I never wanted to be in it. But the funny thing is, now, this is going to sound however it's going to sound. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. This is a calling for me. Yeah. I have embraced it with a full heart because my heart is full. And understanding what I am expected to do is a gift. I have been given something that is a tangible asset that I did not build, by the way. I'm building upon it. My responsibility and the expectation that has been laid on my life from God above is a business that I'm expected to be a good steward of and grow and lead people in a certain special way. If I'm doing that, then I am fulfilling the calling. And I don't mean that with any kind of you know weepy-eyed emotions. I believe that with no Weepy-eyed emotions, 100%. That is what I'm supposed to be doing. Years ago, I would have told you, not a chance in heck. Give me something cool that will impress people. Give me something that looks a little bit, you know, mm. wow. You know, I need that. I want people to be like, oh, wow, look at him. How, how neat is that? I don't need that anymore in my life. What I want is to be able to take care of my family, honor the men that have fallen behind me, build upon a legacy, lead people and give them an opportunity so that they can look back and think, oh my gosh, I started here and now I'm here. And if I had not come to Mallory, I don't know if that would have happened. Progress, not perfection. Yes. Progress. But I think that's maturity for you because you're able to be humble that says, 
hey, I didn't build this. No. Right? I, I, I didn't even really want this, but now I see why things happened the way they did. Yes. You know? I didn't understand it when it was happening, but I understand it now. You never understand it in the storm. Don't. You never understand what you're being prepared for and groomed for. Ever. I didn't. And to a degree, I have no idea what the future holds, but I have full faith and trust that's going to be amazing. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's going to be amazing. I believe that. I am convicted about that. I believe that with every core of my being. I had amazing teachers in my life. I had an amazing dad in my life, a very humble man, loving man, kind man, gracious man that believed in me when I was young, arrogant, non-productive, immature. I mean, I can go on, right? But he believed in me. His dad probably believed in him when he was his age. I mean, it's just when you go back and look at that. But when I, when I, when I think about what was instilled in me, I've got such a heart of gratitude because, my gosh, when you think about the mental toughness, when you think about the grit, when you think about the belief, but also the peace of knowing even when it just, what's the book? Maybe it was the same book about Kobe Bryant we were talking about. Embrace the suck. Yeah. When things are just tough and you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, shoot, I've got to do this today. Embrace it. Because it's just going to make it better. That's so true. Well, there's so many people out there that you were fortunate you had people believe in you. And I think there's a lot of people out there right now that are getting ready to do something or they're, or they're wanting to do something, but they just don't have that belief in themselves. Like right now they're doubting themselves mm-hmm. in doing something. What encouragement would you give somebody right now that says, hey, here's how you can identify and instill belief in yourself when no one else is believing in you? Don't quit. You will want to quit. You will want to quit before you even start. You will find reasons to quit. You may have a great idea. I believe that you do, whoever you are. Doesn't matter what the idea is. Lean into wise counsel. Find those. Seek out wise counsel that you can trust, that'll be candid with you, that'll be encouraging, but also be direct. But if you have the belief and it has been gnawing at you, I'm talking about the kind of gnawing away at you that you can't shake off. Not a not not a not an idea like oh I want to go and wouldn't it be fun if I buy this business? That's like cocktail party talk. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the kind of belief that it's been gnawing at you, something that you want to do, that you believe in, you've been thinking about, maybe been dreaming about. Don't quit. Find wise counsel. Be disciplined in how you prepare and how you get started, and then do it. Just take the risk and do it. Because everyone's going to find a reason for you not to do it. The reason is, is because most people out there don't have the courage and the guts to do it themselves. So because they can't or they won't, they want to hold you back too. Misery loves company. So true. But if you can have the grit and conviction enough to take the risk and do it, you could surprise the heck out of yourself. And then when you get a little bit of success, don't get carried away. Make sure that your, your ego is controlled because people are going to start to doubt it even more. Oh, you had a little bit of success, but you won't go far. They're going to be doubting you the entire time. Don't quit. Ignore it. That'll be one of the hardest things. You can always find financing. You can always find mentors. They may not be the best mentors. And on mentors, remember, whatever they tell you is just an opinion. It's not the gospel. It's their opinion based off of something else. It may not be true. 
take it as is. You can always find financing. You can always find a mentor. But you can't find anyone to do it for you. And you'll never find anyone to do it for you. So don't quit. If In a case your audio wasn't working just now, I said don't quit. I love it. There it is. You hear it from Matt Mallory right there. So, hey, thanks for dropping in, man. I, we could continue to go. I mean, I love just sitting around talking shop about, you know, because I think there's some people out there that want to know, like, because, oh, you make it look easy, but they don't see the backstory. They don't see the frustration. And I think sometimes we get out of this Instagram world and we can expose the the toughness that it takes to get to the level that you want to be in your life. People tend to celebrate on social media. They don't talk about the hard times. The hard times are what gets you to the celebration. There it is. Well, thanks again, man. Yeah, thanks a lot.